Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Helping your children get through this holiday season amid COVID-19 is not going to be easy on any of us parents. Whether your kids are little or whether they're tweens or teens, there's going to be a lot of saying no to things they want to do. There's going to be a lot of trying to re-explain why. It's not going to be easy, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have to be fun or sweet or good family time. And here to help us with that is Dr. Arwa Nasser. She's a pediatrician in Omaha and an associate professor in the Division of General Pediatrics at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. Dr. Nasser, it's such a pleasure to have you with us today. As I said in my intro, this is unprecedented times that we're in. So why don't you start just by giving us some tips to get through the holidays safely and maybe get to see our loved ones and kind of help our children to understand why what's happening is happening. Uh, Well, thank you for having me. Uh, They are certainly uh, interesting times that we are going through. Um, So things that we can do with children to help them through this time One of the most important things would be to maintain routines. Kids thrive on routines, and the fact that kids are home and there's no schedule for them to go places doesn't mean that there uh, uh, does not need to be a schedule for them to go through the activities of the day at home. So maintaining a uh, sleep schedule and a meal schedule and a rest schedule is really important because Kids are at their best when they are rested and fed and have had enough sleep and also when they're healthy because of all of these things. One other thing that is really important is to uh, maintain a little bit of physical activity, and that might be a little bit more challenging uh, in the wintertime when we're homebound and there's no school activities and no gyms to go to. So having a little bit of physical activity uh, could really do uh, kids very good by maintaining that activity and releasing that energy and creating sometimes really a much-needed joy. So physical activity doesn't have to be, you know, pumping iron or running on the treadmill. It could be dancing. It could be doing uh, housework to help each other and to help their parent and make their parent happy with them. It could be doing some yard work and and raking leaves and and shovel, shoveling snow, maybe where where there is snow. Uh, so so some of these activities are really important. It uh, allows them to uh, use their time productively. It gives them a sense of accomplishment and achievement and competence that is really important to uh, continue to drive uh, the resilience that is innate in all of us um, and, uh, and and having those opportunities to be productive can enhance that um, that sense of competence and achievement. Uh, so um, one other thing that is really important uh, for parents also is um, although they are home with the kids all the time, uh, to continue to have a 
special connection time with the kids. So um, in addition to being there doing things together uh, during the holidays, uh, setting up uh, some time to sit and talk to the kids, um, some quiet time, maybe some reading time, um, uh, or just sitting there and talking about things, drinking cocoa. So all of these things can really, uh, this kind of quiet downtime a little bit can be really helpful uh, in, in calming everybody's nerves and, and, and providing the connection um, and the connectivity where sometimes kids will bring up things that might be troubling them. So, so creating that space uh, for families to sit together um, on a regular basis uh, for some quiet time is really important. Um, and, and this also will uh, strengthen and, um, and maintain those strong relationships, the connection with the parent, um, and the the feelings of you know that you are loved and cared for that are essential for uh, for self esteem and self efficacy that again drives um, drives the resilience that most children will usually have. So um, another thing that parents can do with children uh, during the holidays is. Um, Continue to do those usual day-to-day activities, uh, again, that, that would uh, drive joy and increase competence, such as cooking together, uh, cleaning, tidying. Uh, the parents can also draw on uh, the, the, their children's strengths to do some activities uh, that, again, will drive self-efficacy and competence, such as, you know, a kid who's physical and active, might be a, a good activity for them might be to just go outside and rake leaves um, or, um, or you know, carry things about or tidy. A kid who has a sense for, you know, again, tidiness or uh, uh, maybe uh, tasked with a, a, um, a task of, you know, organizing the pantry or something of this nature. So uh, being creative about uh, giving kids tasks that can um, again increase their sense of accomplishment and and self-efficacy and uh, spend the time doing something uh, productive uh, that they will feel um, proud of. Um, uh, some other things that uh, families can do together would be to um, uh, draw on their own family traditions and lore and. Uh, celebrating holidays um, in a celebrating holidays, thinking about how they did it previously, uh, and uh, perhaps during this this holiday season, if, for example, we are not able to go see the grandparents, being creative in, for example, putting a, a Christmas package for the grandparents together that is maybe homemade things. Uh, maybe sewing masks and giving them to the community, things that would uh, maintain or strengthen the connectivity, uh, not only with the family, but also with uh, with the extended family and the community uh, that can be very good for, uh, again, uh, maintaining resilience and building self-efficacy and, and, and confidence. Dr. Nasser, I'm so glad you brought up sleep. 
and you brought up physical activity. I'm an exercise physiologist, and I am finding it, even myself, not that easy to get our kids because their school schedule is so messed up right now. They stay up all night because they don't have to get up and go anywhere. They get up and they get from their bed to their desk. And then maybe they go back. And I and I told my kids, no bed school, not allowed to do school in bed. But I imagine this is a problem everywhere. As these holidays are coming up, and this has already been what they've been doing, how can we get them to do these things, like you've mentioned tasks and chores. And I'm a big chore person in my family, but right now, they're not feeling a lot of motivation to do any of those things. So do you have some tips as a pediatrician on how we can speak to them about these things, how we can motivate them for these things with our littler kids? Dr. Nasser, it's a, it's a bit easier. But as they get to be tweens and teens and they're really feeling bad, about not seeing their friends. That's the biggest thing that I'm seeing with all of the kids is they want to see their friends. They want to do some normal things. How can we speak to them in a way that will get them to understand the gravity of the situation and why it's not the same right now and why we want them to help with dinner and learn to cook with us, why we need them to come out of their bedrooms and get some physical activity because all the parents I talk to are feeling the same. That's a great question. So I think uh, when we are talking more about tweens and teens, uh, it's a little bit different than when we're talking about young children. As you said, it is easier to set up routines for young children. When we're talking about adolescents and and teenagers, we want to involve them in that conversation. Uh, So talking to them in a way that they understand why we're doing this. One of the major tasks of adolescents is individuation. They want to feel that they're doing things because they want to do them and not because mom is asking them or dad is asking them to do these things. So so w- having a conversation with, with the adolescents in the home, uh, saying just like what we talked about, just like what, when you talk to a, an adult, that these are hard times in order for us to all get along and for everybody to get what they want. Here's what I have um, to suggest, or uh, it could be that, what do you guys think, how can we uh, make sure that we get through the holidays together? How can we make sure that we get the meals together um, and, and take care of the house together? So having this conversation and engaging them in perhaps trying to come up with solutions, and then uh, chip in your suggestions, and sometimes uh, in the mix, they'll, everybody will agree to those things. Uh, but but maintaining a little bit, it's really hard to, uh, if sleep is disrupted, you know, sleep, the night, the daytime cycle and nighttime, uh, the daytime, nighttime cycle is really uh, central to, to the organization of our lives. And having that be maintained in a way is really important. So I think having a bedtime free of screen time disruption, which really can disrupt sleep is really important, and getting to an agreement with your adolescents of a a reasonable time. Again, we want to engage them in this conversation if we want to buy in their cooperation with that. Uh, So this is one thing. The other thing is that, again, having them do things that, I think getting them to do some things initially can be important because once they start to do an activity, this 
certain activity becomes self-perpetuating and, and uh, reinforcing in, a, in of its own. And the other thing that I was going to mention that's really important is to do this or pay attention to the strength-based. So a child who is active physically and, and physical activity is very important to them. It would be torture, for example, for them to be put in the kitchen, uh, while it would be great for them to, to have them do other activities, such as you know, doing outside, outdoors work, uh, breaking the leaves or something like that. So uh, adjusting the activities that you want to, to assign to the kids to their areas of strength can be really helpful for those kids to uh, kind of buy in into doing that activity. And once, you know, they do things, a child who has never cooked before maybe does not think that cooking is for them. Once they're in the kitchen with the parent and make a batch of cookies that earns them great praise from everybody in the family, uh, might just feel great about it and they want to do it again or do some other some other um, dish and learn some more, more some more um, uh, cooking skills and cooking uh, activities, so things of that nature. Uh, but I think that parents should really try to, as much as possible, uh, maintain that day and night cycle and not allow uh, the kids to be up all night and then sleep all day and disrupt that uh, night and day cycle in in um, in any major way. And they're great suggestions, really good ones, too. And while they're doing these things and we're working with our kids and we're trying to have a nice holiday, they still want to really see their friends. What's your advice as far as what we know about COVID right now, about if they have friends that are sort of in their pod, as it were, ones that are quarantining like they are, or ones that have maybe recently been tested or whose families are not really going anywhere how I mean, can we allow some of these kids to come over? Do they, you know, everybody's in masks. They want to come in and use the bathroom if they're outside. How do we handle the kids during the holidays when they don't even have school really wanting to do something social? So, you know, we just have, we, we know, and uh, we can explain that to an adolescent that every time we are in contact with somebody outside that household that we are incurring a risk for ourselves and also for the people around us. One thing that we can do would be to appeal to their sense of um, goodness and, you know, their caring for their family and, and their parents and their siblings. So we want them to understand that, you know, this is a risk. I think that exploring alternatives to socializing, meaning um, having, you know, calling their friends and talking to them. Adolescents love to chat on the phone and on social media. Uh, so so uh, uh, substituting those, uh, of course, provided that those are supervised and approved by the parent um, by uh, doing, you know, Zoom calls or phone calls or, or you know, any kind of um, online chat uh, function uh, that they can see their friends uh, and talk to each other. So I, I think those are the, uh, unfortunately, the only alternatives. One other thing what, the, what they could do would be, again, to engage in, 
Um, so they could make, uh, you know, Christmas gifts for their friends and send it to them by mail or something like that. Uh, uh, so those are the things that, that you could do, but knowing that, um, that a contact will carry a risk. Some contact is more risky than others. For example, if somebody had had a contact or had been exposed, uh, will carry a higher risk than somebody that had also been quarantined and we know is not sick. Uh, but but any contact will carry a risk of um, um, of uh, you know spreading COVID. So uh, uh, talking to the adolescents about it and appealing to their sense of responsibility towards themselves and their families, you know, a lot of times they surprise us and they'll rise up to the occasion and uh, you know substituting with with uh, electronic uh, communication. Um, might be is what we have to do to get through this period. I couldn't agree with you more. And boy, they sure know a lot about the technology so much more than we. But yes, you are right. So wrap it up for us. Dr. Nasser with the best advice from a pediatrician to the parents about the holidays that are upcoming. And our kids, whether they're the little guys who really don't understand why they can't do some of the things they want to do, and then our tweens and teens, which are getting frustrated and, and, and maybe lashing out at us, using us as their sounding board to vent, which I assume is a good thing, but still they're doing it. And what you want us to know about having a fun but safe holiday during this pandemic with our kids. So I think we'll have to divide it into, so for the little kids, uh, maintaining the routine and maintaining the warmth and in the family and uh, keeping them busy, busy with activities, um, I think is key for the little ones. Uh, for the older adolescents, communication, I think, is key. Having regular communication with your adolescent reviewing why we're doing this and what's everybody's role in it um, and, 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 and ha- giving them the opportunity really to express their frustration um, in a, um, in a uh, uh, appropriate way, obviously, uh, but also listening to them and, and seeing what their uh, concerns are. They might be concerned about something or wanting something that actually we can give them, uh, but they don't know that. And that might actually solve the problem. So uh, communication with adolescents, uh, still maintaining uh, a uh, structure for their day, uh, meaning set bedtime and waking up times, and engaging them in activities around the home. And then the, the last thing would be um, uh, keeping the joy uh, in the holidays, uh, whether it, it is being by playing Christmas music, dancing to Christmas music, uh, writing Christmas cards for everybody because we can't go out and, and, uh, and, and buy them, making homemade Christmas presents for our uh, family and grandparents to send uh, all of these activities in addition to them, be, them being joyful uh, they build uh, competence and increase self-esteem and make things uh, kids feel um, good about themselves and that they're contributing. Having a purpose is one of the main drivers for for uh, resilience. When somebody um, 
thinks that they are, what they're contributing or what they're doing affects more than themselves, uh, you know, this really drives um, their resilience and their ability and wanting to do more for the family. So um, what I know, a lot of these things have been really studied and proven, and um, I'm a mother of three, too, and uh, we always have things to do in the home, and having things to do in the home and uh, activities is really very important for children. Well, it certainly is, and you've given us so much to think about, and great advice, Dr. Nasser. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise for parents and parents. Share this show with your friends and family on your social channels because we're learning from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics, our gold standard, our pediatricians. We love them. We know they are helping us to raise our children and more importantly, keep them safe. So please share this show and you can listen on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere that podcasts are played. But of course, we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. You're listening to Healthy Children. Our expert guests are all provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, HealthyChildren.org. Thanks so much for listening. Be safe. I'm Melanie Cole.